Welcome again to Commission Impossible. It's been another three or four weeks, but we're back with some listener questions, some uh, questions we've got in our email and on Twitter. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing well, Scott. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We need to we need to do this more often, but sometimes the schedules just don't uh, don't work out too well. We've had a lot of good response for the show, though, and I'm excited to answer some of these questions for people. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always love talking commish stuff, especially with you, Scott, with the best in the business. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, it's true. I know you're really starting to fire up the SFB commish stuff, which is probably the biggest. Uh, the biggest task any of us could undertake. So, oh man, I spent five hours this week on it alone already, wow. and we're still two months away. Yeah, it's uh, it is going to be a beast. But how about we get started on the emails here? Just run through them, get get some of these answered. We had like twenty one emails. I think we'll go through five, six, seven of them. See how many we can get. The first one is from Frank Tomko. He wants to know. He has a suge- uh, opinion, a suggestion. He wants. Instead of having a rookie draft like normal, each team has 30 players, what what are your thoughts on keeping all 30 players or if you want and you get no picks in the draft, but if you want picks, you have to unkeep some of those players? Like my first thought is, well, obviously you'd rather have your rookie picks than your bottom four or five guys, but I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Do Do you think that holds true for you too, or would it just be one or two picks? I think it adds an interesting wrinkle. I mean, it's essentially that would essentially be like a 25 man keeper, which would be pretty, you know, pretty huge. I I like the idea in that it forces those teams that are just really stacked to turn that the bottom of their roster a little bit. I I can't imagine anybody keeping all 30 versus a first round draft pick, you know, essentially forfeiting your first round rookie pick for, um, you know, Ted Ginn or somebody like that at the right. bottom of your roster. Plus the 30 man rosters are pretty deep already. So, I mean, anybody past 25 on, on a typical roster. You probably you, still want your fourth round rookie over one of those guys, probably. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I like the idea just to keep things churning. The league might be too big. Like that, that idea might even be better if it's like a 23 man roster or a 25 man roster to actually force some maneuvers. It is an interesting idea. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think – I think it would end up being one of those rules that wouldn't really affect anything. I think mm-hmm. everybody would drop their bottom three or four players each time in order to make their rookie picks. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. If, you're, uh, if your rosters are a little bit smaller, I think that could have an impact. Here's, here's one that I have changed so many times. It's also from Frank. So many times in my leagues, and I, I honestly don't know which is the best, but uh, what's what's your view on IR? What's a good number of them of IR spots, and how should it be limited? Like IR only, suspended, out, even questionable? <laughs> well, I like to use it for IR only. Players that are on the NFL injured reserve list, that has, that has muddied a little bit with the recent rules as far as being designated to return and, and things like that the rules that the NFL is changing. But as far as the number of IR spots, I'm almost moving to a belief that it should be unlimited. Yep. As far as you're, or as long as you're not poaching the waiver wire. So if you've got a player already on your roster, they go on the NFL IR list, then you can, you can instantly move them 
to your IR, uh, even if you already have two or three or four there. It, it just seems like, I don't know, I, I haven't done the research, but it just seems like more and more key players are, are getting injured year after year, and uh, it's really forcing the hands of, of dynasty players and putting them in a tough spot, uh, especially in leagues with less than, you know, let's say 23 or 24 players. Right, right. I Most of my leagues have three, but I, I agree with you that three is not enough. When you have five guys on IR and you're just sitting them sitting there watching them burn those spots, it sucks. Now in pigs, in my pigs leagues, our, our IR is three, but the rule is they must be on your team when they go on IR for you to use that spot. So I, I think that that would be a good rule to implement if you do want to use IR spots, kind of like what you said. Uh, so you're not using that waiver wire just to fill up your IR. Uh, what do you think about suspended players? I've had some heated arguments about this in my home league about it. My other leagues, I allow it, and I, I, I'm fine with it, but uh, my home league definitely has opinions on it. You know, surprisingly, there hasn't been a lot of talk about it in my leagues. MFL made that change a couple years ago that that was even an option, and in some of my leagues, we allow it and some we don't. There's there's honestly no real rhyme or reason other than I, I guess what was ended up being the default on my fantasy league. But if I'm just choosing, if I'm starting a new, a new league, I would probably say no suspended players on IR. Obviously, players that get injured, that's out of their control and, and obviously out of the control of the, of the dynasty player. With the suspensions, um, there's a little bit more choice there. There's some risk when you're rostering those players who have a history of off-field issues that could potentially lead to a suspension. So I would say if they're suspended, no IR eligibility. If you do allow it, it does lend people to take more risks as far as those players. I think it's a complete preference call. I generally don't care too much, and it does suck watching a suspended player on your active roster. I I guess I just don't have a a strong opinion. My home league, we don't allow it. My pigs leagues, we do allow it. Total preference call, I think. This one will take two seconds, also from Frank. For trades, do you prefer vetoes or no vetoes? (laughs) Yeah, definitely no vetoes. Uh, I think we've Probably talked about that on here before. I only brought it in so that we can keep hammering that home because there are still leagues that do that. Uh, It's unreal to me. I mean, the only reason you should use vetoes is Mm -hmm. if you don't trust your commissioner. And if you don't trust your commissioner, you shouldn't be in the league in the first place. Right, exactly. Don't have vetoes. Collusion is such a rare thing out there. It's such a rare thing in, in general. If something's really, really wonky, have a league discussion about it but don't institute a veto rule. Also from Frank, what are some ideas for events during the off season to get some activity specifically between the Super Bowl and rookie draft? So that, that February 1st, 3rd, whatever area through April 27th, generally somewhere in that range. Uh, I was just going to say this, this is a tough one. I think, you know, Scott, you and I have talked about our auction leagues, uh, capitalist pigs and kitchen sink and in an auction league, I think it's a little bit easier to come up with, with some events during that time period to keep the league moving in your typical league that just has a startup draft and then a a one rookie draft every year. I I think it's tough I would maybe do some things with trade bait, make sure trade bait is 
mandatory somehow. And again, you have to have owners that are on board. We've talked about this before too. Some people just want that break, want to step away during that time. And if you have that, those types of owners and you start in, you know, start instituting rules that are basically ramping up the activity, you're going to get some pushback that you may not, you may not want. So um, it really comes down to your group of owners. If you already have active owners that would be open to something like that, well, they're probably already making trades and using the waiver wire anyway. So that that's a tough spot. Um, it's really tough to force activity with owners who don't want it. I hate to admit it, but I have a couple leagues that are very standard. And between January and end of season and the, the rookie draft, the leagues are so standard that I don't feel like making a ton of moves in and you could have owners like that. Uh, one suggestion would be kind of like I mentioned with pigs is that, that yard sale type of notion. Uh, if you don't, if you're not an auction league, you can use your message board to put up, I want to sell this asset by the end of tomorrow. I will take the highest bid and have people try to bid on the message board or an email thread. If you put that out there to the league, I think most people in the league would be pretty receptive to something like that. And and I would recommend making a time period where that's done somewhere right in the middle. And that might give people something to do. Uh, other than that, it is a very, very, very tough spot because you do have owners that sometimes just aren't interested. All right. Let's go on to Bobby Reddick had a question. Usually comes up in his dynasty leagues. When do we have waivers start? Some guys like waivers beginning January 1st. Other guys want the free agents to be part of the rookie free agent draft. What are our thoughts? Well, personally, again, I want my leagues to be as, as active as they can year round. I think if you shut down the waiver wire, you're, you're not giving your owners a reason to check into the site. Mm-hmm. So I prefer waivers essentially year round. That's, that's the route I go. Now, again, that changes in auction leagues or things like that. What I do, and, and this is, I guess this is a way to still get some free agency or free agents involved in your rookie draft is we have that, that drop period. So veterans are dropped in order to make rookie picks and then, starting in the third round, you can, you can pick up those veterans again. Now we do have pretty deep rosters. So kind of like our first question that we discussed, or most owners are dropping players that are not necessarily hot commodities anyway, but because we have that, that drop period right before the rookie draft, there's still some veterans drafted late in the rookie draft. I'm pretty much with you in waivers starting and being open at all times, once a week waivers, I think I think that it is it it is a pretty good idea to have a roster cut like you just like you mentioned right before the rookie draft to to force some of those veterans in there. You can have the best of both worlds to a degree when you do that. So that's that's a really good suggestion. All right, Danny Evers loves our show. He's got his first dynasty startup this year with some friends, and some of them haven't played dynasty before, and they were wondering how hard we thought it would be to run a dynasty league on ESPN or NFL.com or, you know, some of those other sites that don't traditionally do dynasty leagues uh, because, you know, MFL costs money and the owners might not want to spend it doing a dynasty league on one of those and using a Google doc to supplement it 
Man, I don't know. I haven't done an ESPN league or an NFL.com league for a few years now because most of my leagues are dynasty leagues and I just, I love customizing the crap out of NFL, but I can't imagine it would be that hard because really you're only talking about at most a couple months span uh, that, you know, maybe ESPN or NFL is, you know, changing over their systems for the following year. And it's probably the dead period uh, where there's not a lot of activity. So I, I think it would be fairly easy, but it all depends on your league, I think. Ryan, do you have any idea on ESPN or NFL.com? A little bit. I've, I've never played on NFL.com. I have played some redraft uh, leagues on ESPN, it, though it's been a couple of years. I commissioned uh, one of those leagues on ESPN, and I always found I always found it difficult to do what I thought were pretty simple tasks from a commissioner standpoint. So I, I guess in Danny's example, the first year would obviously be fine. You have your draft, you get your teams, you play the league out. When that's done, you can, as Danny mentioned, you could put everything in a Google Doc to make sure you're keeping up with the rosters and the draft picks and things like that. I think the trouble would come in year two because I don't think you would be able to I don't think you can load rosters. I don't think you can load players onto a roster without having a draft. So you would essentially have to have a draft to get all the players on the teams that are already owned, the veteran players. You cannot do more than one draft, 99% sure of this. You can't do more than one draft on ESPN. For example, you couldn't do a veteran draft and then a, a rookie draft. So you'd have to combine those. You know, to, to me – to me, it would just be too messy to deal with. I think I understand my fantasy league can be a little intimidating if you've never used it, but I think that's that's still the way I would go, just asking, uh, asking the owners in the league to basically learn MFL and get used to that rather than going through all the, all, all the mess that would be trying to turn ESPN into a dynasty league host. Yeah, it... Wow, if if that's if that's the way it is that you would ha- you can't load rosters, you'd have to go through a draft every year basically and draft all those players and have the end of the draft be the rookie draft. That is way more work than the you know three, four, five, six, seven, but dollars per team of how many te- player league you have or how many. Right. Yeah. For me. I, I mean, I think I think my fantasy league is a bargain. You know, if you get yeah. in early, you can get it for sixty or seventy bucks. I think. But even if that's out of the question for some reason, use Flea Flicker. Pretty sure they're free. They are set up to host dynasty leagues. So I would I would use Flea Flicker over ESPN or NFL. I think gosh, now I'm trying to remember, but I think Fantrax also is is free and does dynasty leagues. I'm not positive on that. I just went to NFL.com to check because I was pretty sure I've heard that they do host dynasty and keeper leagues. Um, but it says it's upgrading for the 2017 season right now. So I couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't check. So obviously there is a time period in which they are down. So along with Ryan, I'd be the guy that says it's worth the five or six bucks per team. But uh, if, if they don't like it, you can do it. It's doable. It's just more work. Okay. Marcus Bratt has a question took over a league and many owners are incredibly active, inactive to the point of not even responding to trade offers or inquiries and sometimes takes weeks between communications, which is, that's 
That's unreal. Um, he has a few friends that he knows that would be active. How would we handle that situation? It, <laughs> you know, may, maybe it's just me, but as I've gotten older, I have less and less trouble getting rid of those inactive owners. But if they're, if they're a good owner that's good during the season and it's just the off season that they're inactive, that's, that's a little harder. Uh, uh, I'd almost say leave the league and start a new league with those few friends and find some, find some new owners. Uh, but what do you, what do you think, Ryan? That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, again, it comes down to what type of league you want to have as, as far as active year round versus, versus taking that off season off, or at least a big chunk of the off season off. It sounds like most of the owners in Marcus's league want that time off that time away from football, which is understandable. And that's fine. Uh, if that's what the majority of the league wants. And again, you cannot force that activity. It's, it's very hard to do. So I would agree with you, Scott, Marcus, I'd probably leave that league, grab those, those buddies that already are uh, going to be active, fill it up and move from there. I kind of wonder what's keeping him in that league. If, so many owners and I, I can't remember from the email, but I think it was like six owners or something or like that, or maybe nine. I don't remember. It, it was a lot of them though. It must be, he just loves the settings or he has a really good team. <laughs> well, I think, you know, Scott, you and I are lucky that, you know, if we want a new league, we can go out and find one pretty quickly. Right. Or if we throw it out on Twitter, Hey, I've got a new league idea. Who wants in? We're, we're fortunate that we're going to get some pretty good response from that. And we can probably fill a league and, in a day or two or maybe even an hour or two potentially. But I think most dynasty owners, it's not that easy to find a league. That's one of the questions I get the yeah. most from people, especially this time of year, the spring and early summer, how do I find a dynasty league? And I always send them to the, the forums at dynasty league football, the forums at uh, football guys they They both have, have those sub forums set up specifically to match owners and and leagues so in his case in marcus's case maybe it's just that feeling of where do i find five other owners to be in the league where do i do that or or how do i how do i start a new league he said he was taking over a league maybe maybe he's never commissioned before so just kind of that fear of the unknown can be can keep people in leagues sometimes i think yeah marcus if you're listening uh, i'll probably email you to let you know that uh we answered your question, but I would highly consider starting a new league and grabbing those few friends that you know and trying to find more people. Uh, for anyone out there, Ryan said it before on this podcast, but you either have to start a league with a set of rules you love or a good set of owners, and both would be preferable. It sounds like you're you're missing one half of that. Here's another note for anyone listening. I, I've said it before, but if you are looking for a new member to a league or you're starting a league and are looking for good owners, you can tweet me. And I know my fantasy league does this too. You can tweet me or my fantasy league and I will retweet it. I have no problem doing that. I, I like helping people fill up their fantasy league. It's not an endorsement. <laughs> I don't know how good all of these commissioners are that tweet me and ha I retweet, but I, I do like to help them fill their leagues. Okay. Christopher Elkers, you know, he had, he had a, and a longer email and I will, I'm, I'll actually reply to him in email, but I just wanted to put this in here because he didn't know if he could play in SFB Scott Fishbowl because of the state he lives in. Well, SFB is free 
you don't pay any entry fee. It is not gambling in any way. It is not subject to those laws. There are prizes that are freely donated. You can absolutely play no matter what state you're in. So just to let you and all the listeners know that, uh, sign up, sir, at scottfishbowl.com. Look at that, Ryan. I got a plug in there. Nice. I like it. <laughs> all right. Let's let's move on to Greg Vasic. I hope that's how he pronounces his name. I am in a contracts dynasty league, and we have the option to franchise tag and place an RFA tag on a player that in the off-season auction allow us to match with the highest bid on a player and keep him. That's pretty normal, I think. Yep. Our deadline to place these tags is the night before the NFL draft starts. Is it fair to trade the rights to a player whose contract expires at the end of the season to other teams prior to the tag designation? I think it absolutely is. You've got, uh, again, in in my league, I want to make everything tradable if I can. So um, if if you've got that deadline of the night before the NFL draft and you've got multiple good players with expiring contracts, you still own their rights until that deadline hits. If you want to trade that player to someone else who maybe doesn't have good options to tag or to RFA, then yeah, that should be, that should certainly be allowable. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with that. And until that, until that tag hits they are a tradable asset on your team in my opinion that's okay i wanted to put this one in here it's from rich havlick and it's more about a an idea he had for a league and you know i like putting these out there we talked about the marathon league that wesling and that other the guy that wrote in does we talked about pigs and sink i like i like giving people ideas out there so this guy his girlfriend loves, or him and his girlfriend, maybe it's wife, I should check it. <laughs> uh, him and his girlfriend like the show Survivor, and they like, you know, Dynasty. So he created a Survivor-like fantasy league. I found kind of interesting. We've all played in those leagues where, you know, a team gets eliminated each week, right, Ryan? You've played in those before? Yes. Uh, yep. I haven't played in a dynasty like that, but I've played in redrafts like that where a team gets eliminated each week and then it boils down to one. Well, his, you play each season and a team gets eliminated at the end of the season. So the next season, there's one less team playing in there. I was wondering what you thought of that. So <laughs> year, year one, there's like 12 teams, or they start with 24, I guess, in six tribes. You know, it's it's a little more survivor based, but I'm trying to make it a little more basic for the show here. Yeah, uh, I love Survivor, so this is this sounds good to me. So um, each each year, you you know, there's there's a playout, and then there's like there's a the playoffs. You know, there's a top half playoffs, and there's a bottom half playouts, and the loser, the last team, gets eliminated each year. Like you said, I love these interesting league ideas, um, and when you hear about things like that, you just the first thing you do is start poking holes in it, not because it's a bad idea or because it won't work, but to, to make sure you have everything covered. Scott, you and I have done this yep. countless times before. Call him up and I call Scott up and say, Hey, I've got this idea. Tell me what's, what's wrong with it. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> could, what could go wrong? Um, so with this, uh, I, can, can I throw a few potential holes at you or did you have one on your head? Well, I've got, I've got a few, I've got, a <laughs> okay. couple. um, I would wonder what happens to 
the players that were on the eliminated team yep, are they number one <laughs> are they available in some type of supplemental draft are they available in the rookie draft to the other teams or are they just off limits for the rest of the league you know the existence of the league you're essentially looking at an 11 year commitment right um now scott i know you and i are both in leagues that have been around that long but we also understand that those types of leagues are are rare at this point. Your typical dynasty league is not going to last even close to 11 years. And if it does, you're going to have most likely at least multiple owners coming in and out. So by the end, by the time you get to year 11, you might have two owners that were not in the league at the beginning. And then I think the purpose of the league would be a little lost at that point. Yeah, a lot of people, it'll be interesting once it gets down to a very few amount, a very, a very small amount of teams. And I, I apologize to Rich if, if we say something that, you know, you've already thought of a fix for in your rules. Uh, I didn't read through all of the rules because obviously like league like this, it's going to be pretty ex- extensive, right? So no, um, I, I like the idea. I would, I do I would, too. Yeah, I would encourage him to run with it, but. This is what, you know, what we're doing is what I would want from you or, or from any of my other friends um, in fantasy football is I've got this idea. I, I think it will work, but I'm not sure. Tell me, tell me what could go wrong. The other thing that I thought of, again, is from a commissioner standpoint is um, what if I'm commissioning this league and my team gets eliminated year one? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, even year two or whatever. <laughs> then now, you're the commissioner on the hook for 11 more years. Right. And, and not to say I wouldn't play that out, but at some point it's going to get, it's going to get pushed down the line of my priorities that, oh yeah, you know, I've got to, I've got to set up the new league, the new survivor league for year, for year 10. And I was eliminated eight years ago. <laughs> um, so those are just some things I, I like, like I said, I'm, I'm a survivor fan as well. So I I like the idea. I think I would probably find a way to do it year by year though. Yeah. So well, some, would, some type of elimination during the during the season and then you get the fresh start after maybe. I don't yeah, you'd almost every thought I that goes through my head turns it into some kind of relegation where the eliminated teams still play but they play in a different system. I think the draft picks would be interesting. Obviously, I, I just checked. He's got a rule for if a team is eliminated, all their draft picks are eliminated, no matter what team owns them. So I think that would be interesting trading draft picks. Like if you're if you're a poor team, there's no productive struggle in a league like that. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, I think if you're a poorer team, you you wouldn't care. You you trade your draft picks for anything. Would a good team want to trade draft picks with a poor team, knowing there's a chance that those picks would go away? So. So the picks, the picks would go away even if they've been traded. Correct. Oh. That's that's what it says here. So if I'm a good team and you're a bad team, Ryan, and you have you want to trade me all four of your picks for a decent player, I might go. It's a good deal, but those picks might get eliminated. So it does put a interesting strain on the picks. I just thought it was a really interesting setup, and maybe there's a commissioner out there that wants to run with something like this. Maybe if someone tweets at me and wants to know more about it, I can hook them up with a link to, he calls it Empire Island is the name of his league. So, I like it. I like yep, it. Yep. Very cool. There were a couple things on Twitter I wanted to get to before we go. 
Taxi squad settings and do you allow, allow po poaching? I believe we talked about taxi squads. You have eight spots in kitchen sink. I have five spots in most of my leagues. Um, I'm fine with, you know, any of that. But do you allow poaching? I have commissioned a league before that allowed poaching, and honestly, it just wasn't used very often. Um, and it's a little more difficult for a commission. Yeah. For how little it's used. Right. So. I ended up eliminating that option just because it was so rarely used. Uh, I like the idea in on paper, but I never saw it played out uh, very often. Okay, so all these these first couple are from James Robinson on Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I I probably just wouldn't allow poaching because of the the work the extra work it puts on the commission. If I haven't done it before, but Ryan's telling me in his leagues it, it wasn't used much. So, I mean, if it's something that's not used much and it's, it's a strain on me, uh, I'm probably not going to, not going to bring it in. Uh, but I do prefer, you know, five, six, seven, eight taxi squad spots. Really. I have a couple leagues that allow unlimited, but once again, same with the IR we talked about earlier, you don't want people pulling off the waiver wire to fill your taxi squad. So be aware of that. Another from James Robinson. How do you approach your leagues that have a mixture of pros and newbies? Do you look to protect the newbies or is it anything goes? I can tell you straight away for me, anything goes. I don't, I don't look to protect anyone in a dynasty league. If it's going to be a learning experience for the newbies, it, it, if that's the way it is, if they're really, you know, I, I don't run into too many players these days that are really that, you know, new either new to it or that have that little understanding because there's so much information out there that even the newest of the new owners can can kind of check out sites and know where values sit i'm assuming you're the same way ryan yeah same way i'm i'm always glad to give people advice especially on some of the leagues like we've talked about that have some unique rules um if there's something they're confused about or or just unsure of i'm always glad to help them out even you know, even if they are my competition, but as far as instituting anything that would protect them, uh, no, no, it's, it's wide open. They're a, a league member, just like everybody else. Okay. So right, right along those same lines, AJC dynasty on Twitter asked, would we ever remove someone for just being bad at dynasty? Even if they're active, if they're an active owner, I'm probably not doing it, but I mean, how bad are we talking here? Like, is it detrimental to the league bad? Um, I haven't experienced this issue. I'm just trying to put myself in that, in those footings. I think I've experienced the issue. I've, I've got a couple of owners in some of my leagues who trade their first round pick every year. You know, like once, once MFL rolls over to the, the new year and those new 2018 picks are available or whatever your league settings are, 2019 maybe, there's two or three other teams that are just attacking them, sending them what I think are, are bad offers, and they just keep accepting. They keep selling those picks for uh, less than market value. But in general, they're active owners. They're not, they're not getting last place every year, despite what I think are some bad trades. I guess I would probably say no. I, I don't think I've ever removed anybody just because – just because they're bad at dynasty. And again, moves that we think are bad at the time can end up working out. 
Yeah, exactly. I even I've made some trades that looked terrible at the time and worked out, and vice versa, some trades that looked bad, that looked good and didn't work out. But uh, it, it's hard to judge how someone values a player. But if someone's consistently bad, man, I don't know. I I might have conversations with that person, but I I would have a tough time removing an active owner for if he was bad and inactive doesn't respond to stuff that might get closer to the line i think i think the last thing i want to touch on because i thought this was an interesting tweet and it wasn't even a question it was just explaining something james robinson again on twitter i mean we had a bunch of questions but james threw like four at us yesterday that i found interesting that i would bring up but this wasn't a question it was just him explaining he said last season in one of his leagues Arian foster went for the 4.6 and a bottle of wine in an auction I'm I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> not the valuation, the the idea that you can. Uh, I know that in one league someone traded a ham sandwich for a player. The other, you know, someone we know. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, someone we we know really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one. Okay, so that was yeah, me. That it's, was me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a funny joke and stuff when stuff like that happens. But a bottle of wine, you're starting to get into that territory of someone being able to buy players using like if someone in in the league has you know is is in a better position in life you know if you start allowing that stuff you know maybe it turns into i will order you pizza or i will you know like i have trouble skirting that line i, I that's that's a little too far for me okay so i i'll I'll tell the story, I guess. Um, I know that it's a, it's a, it was a fun thing. I, I shouldn't make it sound like it wasn't. It was, that no, was funny. I mean, no, That's hilarious. It, it was funny. I, I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. So uh, in kitchen sink one, this was the, I don't know, this was the off season after the second year, I guess. So maybe it's, I don't know, 2013. I can't remember. But anyway, it was it was kind of the beginning of the end for Trent Richardson. He had started to have his struggles. I guess this was after the trade to Indianapolis. And I went to one of the other owners in the league who had Richardson. We were talking trade. I was still kind of a believer. I asked him what he wanted, and he said he wanted a ham sandwich. <laughs> so this guy lived in this guy lived uh, just outside of Boston. I'm here in Kentucky. I looked up a a restaurant in his town and online ordered him a ham sandwich. And I think I got him some wings too. I think he really came out ahead of me. (laughs) That is a good deal. You know, I made sure he was going to be home and I I had those delivered to him and he (laughs) traded me Trent Richardson. So I clearly came out on the short end of that trade. (laughs) It was, it was mostly done as, as a joke. But you're right. You know, if you if you open that door and and there haven't been any other trades like that. And it was it was kind of a gag, I guess. I think the Aaron Foster one sounds like that, too. But a bottle of wine. I mean, two weeks later, Foster retired, he said. But yeah, go ahead with a gag like that. No, I was I was just going to say it's it does kind of open that door. Like like if someone wants to send me a, I don't know, say Balvini, you know, Caribbean cask scotch uh maybe i'll be a little more likely to trade them a player no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bring that out there or yes. or or to give them a spot in sfb right <laughs> there you go you're, there you go you're yeah. open to that yep 
You start walking dangerous grounds with stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but so. as a joke and a gag or a gag, like Aaron Foster or Trent Richardson, you know, Aaron Foster at the end or Trent Richardson, it it is pretty funny. I, I would worry about going too far though. <laughs> it was a bad deal for me. That might be my worst trade ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I think that's about all we're gonna get to today. Sorry for all the emails and tweets we did not get to. I apologize. Uh, maybe we'll do another mailbag episode at some point for myself at Scottfish24 on Twitter and Ryan McDowell at RyanMC23. Thanks for listening.